Welcome to church everybody, it's great to have you joining with us today. Uh, the weather has turned, it is quite cool outside and uh, I don't know about you but at my house the leaves are dropping everywhere and uh, it's really got that autumn feeling right now. Uh, and so I just really uh, hope that you're able to stay warm on these cold nights and cold days and uh, that uh, together this morning as we worship the Lord, we can be thankful for the changing seasons that he is indeed in control of. Uh, I love the scriptures that talk about where God appoints leaders, he sets the seasons in place, he's the one that brings sunshine, rain and harvest and so we can just give thanks to him this morning for all that he does for us and uh, as we do that let's worship the Lord by singing this morning and uh, let's lift our voices in praise of him. Great is thy faithfulness, morning. 
I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. Searching for answers far and wide But I know we're all searching for answers Only you provide Cause you know just what we need Before we say a word You're a good, good father
Isn't it great to be able to worship together? The Lord Jesus Christ, who is mighty to save, who is our awesome, awesome God. Uh, this morning, I do have a few announcements for you today. Uh, that we are sort of getting a few things back up and running. But as I mentioned last week, uh, May is GIA May Missions Month. It's something that we've supported for many years as a church. And I know that uh, you are probably wondering, what are we doing about it this year? Well, we've got a special update um, from Kim and Craig Barnes, uh, who have been in Cambodia. Uh, so they've got a special video that they've sent through. Um, so we're going to play that now, and uh, then I'll come back and talk more about what they're doing. Hi, everyone. We're Craig and Kim Barnes. And we're coming to you live from our lounge room. <laughs> and we serve with global interaction among the Khmer people of Cambodia. At the moment, we're on home assignment in Tasmania. While we're very cold, we're very thankful to be here to see friends and family once the well, we hope to see. <laughs> We've been here for six weeks now and it's turning out to be an interesting home assignment for us because one, we don't know when we're going to be able to get back to Cambodia and two, we haven't really seen anyone yet. Some of you may not have met us before, we have four children, Henry, who's 12, Amaya, 11, and the twins, Reuben and Elodie, who are both eight years old. Two years ago, we said goodbye to our friends and family and we moved to Cambodia. So for the last two years, we've been living alongside and learning the language and culture of the Khmer people. So who are the Khmer people? They're people who love to dance with their whole bodies. They're not ashamed to sing loudly at any opportunity and they love to celebrate loudly. They love to sit together in hammocks or on mats and talk together, cleaning fish, preparing vegetables, having a rest. There are people who do life around the seasons. The wet season, hot season, cool season, wedding season, rice planting and rice harvesting. These rhythms are known by everyone and walked by everyone. Family is very important to the Khmer people. They honour their elders, they look out for each other, and they live and breathe as an extended family unit. They invite you in. Everyone is called brother, sister, aunt, uncle or grandma. It's hard to learn people's real names because they're rarely used. They can sleep anywhere and have taught us that it's alright to do the same. <laughs> They are patient and kind when we fumble with words and we do things the wrong way. Fishing is a huge part of Khmer culture. Fish live everywhere in Cambodia, in puddles, in drains. You can catch them in the mud and sometimes you can even find them walking across land. Fishing is a way of building relationships with people. Spending time together on the edge of a rice field, throwing nets into the water and seeing what you can find, cooking your catch on the edge of the river, and lying on mats together to rest afterwards. These are all ways that the Khmer people have invited us into their world. And they eat rice, lots of rice, at least two times a day and often three. We've learnt so much about community, about kinship and about how the people of Cambodia do life together. We've been invited in to share rice, to celebrate life, to grieve, to walk through hard times with our Khmer friends. But it hasn't always been easy. While the younger generation doesn't remember the war, their lives are still affected by it in so many ways. As a country, they have big hopes and dreams. 
but the trauma of the older generation means that violence and alcoholism have been passed down and still affect families today. Over the last six months we've been working with a village on the east side of the city. The village is built on the rubbish dump of Sierra Marie. We've been honoured to get to know the women of the village through the sewing centre and through that we've been invited into their lives and into their families in the village. It's been so exciting to celebrate weddings and engagements and births with them. For me one of the greatest joys is going to the village and sitting with the girls under their houses and telling stories as the dogs run around our feet and children come and, and have a look at the foreigners sitting under their house. But with that is tinged a lot of sadness as we see how they live. Their lives are hard and many of them have husbands who are alcoholics. Please pray for this village as the girls learn who Jesus is that they would be able to see a positive transformation happening in their village. Currently we're on home assignment in Tasmania. We look forward to getting back to Cambodia once the international borders open again. In the meantime we'd love to meet with you um, however that's possible in this time of isolation. We love to share our stories and to hear your stories of what God's doing in your lives. But most of all, we wanted to say a big thank you for your prayers and your support over the last two years. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Isn't it great to hear what's happening on the mission field? And I'm really pleased that uh, Kim and Craig are able to have some furlough time now, particularly during this time, so that they can, uh, can be back uh, with friends and family um, through this time. Uh, but there are several expenses that they have um, incurred uh, through their time, particularly some medical expenses. And this is really where our missions team had a heart to want to bless and uh, provide uh, for the Barnes family. And so as part of May Missions Month, uh, we are going to be raising some funds um, uh, for Kim and Craig. And so we've set a soft target of $500 to go towards their medical expenses. Um, and uh, what would encourage people to do, if you're able, um, to actually give um, details on the screen, same bank account as what you normally give your offerings to, but just mark them as GIA or mark them as May Missions and we'll then direct them towards this appeal. Uh, so, you know, if, if every adult in our church gave $10, we'd pretty much reach that target. And I know that some are able to give more, and some won't be able to give at all towards this at this time, and that's okay. Uh, but I just thought I'd break it down that it's actually quite an achievable target, and uh, probably something that, um, you know, if you've got a few spare dollars, uh, why not send it to uh, a family that are doing wonderful work for the Kingdom of God in Cambodia? Um, they've been emailing me this last week and saying that they'd love to come up here. So I reckon as soon as um, travel restrictions are lifted and uh, we're able to do stuff together, I think they'll be come and get, pay us a visit and that would be lovely, wouldn't it? So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we also have uh, a few other announcements today. Um, first of all is our May Members Meeting. So we, uh, according to our constitution, have to have um, four members meetings a year. One of those is our AGM. Uh, but the this quarterly um, members meeting uh, will actually have to be conducted online because we can't physically meet together to hold it. So that's a little bit different. Um, the members pack has been sent out to you on email. That should have got to you on Thursday. 
um, and that uh, it contains all the information on how to vote and what you're voting for. Uh, and for those that did not get the email because you're not on email or would like paper copies, we can drop them into you. So just let me know and uh, we'll, we'll drop those, those hard copies in with all the information that you require uh, to um, prayerfully consider the motion set before us as a church. Um, a lot of those are, are financial ones. Um, there's, a, just, there's only really three, three motions. Um, and so I just encourage um, everyone to um, jump on. Um, there is a Survey Monkey link. Um, I don't know, great names, aren't they? MailChimp, Survey Monkey. Um, there's a, a Survey Monkey link uh, on that email that went out, um, and that is for you to do your voting on. Um, so the first question asks for your full name. If you can give us first name and last name, that way we can just check, check you off against our members role and so that we don't have duplicate votes um, and uh, we don't have any other um, uh, issues with that because we do need to do it according to our constitution as, as much as possible. Um, so there's that online link. Um, if we give you a hard copy, um, in that will be a ballot paper, a named ballot paper. Um, once that's completed, just give us a call and uh, we'll come and collect that from you. And so we'll add that into the online voting. Also, uh, we have prayer meeting beginning uh, on Thursday night uh, next week, um, the 28th of May. So that is uh, at 7 p.m. at the church and registrations for that are required to attend. Uh, an email was sent out uh, early this week uh, with information about that. And so if you click on that link that was sent in the email, I think it was sent on Tuesday, uh, then you need to click on that and register to attend. Uh, that is to adhere to our guidelines because we have had more than 10 people at those Thursday night prayer meetings. So I'd encourage you to get out um, at seven o'clock uh, Wednesday 28th of May um, and if you're not on email but would like to attend then just let me know and I'll register you uh, online I'll do that for you uh, so I do really encourage you to come out um, to the prayer meeting if you can and uh, I'd love to be able to pray together uh, as a family again we also have our weekly Wednesday morning 9.30 a.m. prayer meetings at the church. Um, these are not, um, we're not booking in for these ones because we used to have a regular crew that would attend. Um, everyone is welcome to attend, but once we get over 10, we'll have to move into, um, uh, sorry, we'll have to actually, uh, unfortunately, uh, decline any more entry. Uh, so it's essential personnel plus 10. Uh, attendees at church functions um, first for the next little while uh, so I just encourage you if you'd like to come out and pray with us then please do there's the Wednesday mornings at 9 30 there's also that Thursday booked in uh, on the 28th lovely uh, now I'd like to um, pray for each of us um, and also pray for the offering um, that uh, people have been giving so generously and continue to do that we thank you for that um, because really, our giving, again, it is in worship of the Lord. Uh, we don't give to pay bills. We give because God has given so much to us. We give to worship Him. So let's pray and let's uh, commit the monies that we've given and also commit Kim and Craig Barnes to the Lord as they're doing their work in Cambodia and at the moment on furlough. So let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that, Lord, you are gracious. Lord, we thank you that you are a merciful God and that you have been looking after your people. Lord, I pray for Kim and Craig as uh, they are currently uh, on furlough. Lord, I pray this would be an amazing time of rest and relaxation and restoration for them. Lord, I pray that they would um, be energised and, and, and really built up in, in strength of character and will and perseverance. And that, Lord, if the uh, circumstances allow in the next little while, that, Lord, they would indeed be able to come and visit and share with us in person what uh, you are doing amongst uh, the people of Cambodia through their ministry. Lord, I pray for our finances. Lord, I pray for provision. And I pray that uh, you would bless the monies that have been given uh, this week in worship of you. And uh, I really look forward to uh, being able to um, pass on uh, the funds given uh, as part of May Missions Month, a special pledge to help um, fund uh, some of the medical expenses um, incurred by the Barneses. So, Lord, bless your people, bless our nation, and bless us now as we come before your word to hear from you. And, uh, Lord, may your words sink deeply into our hearts as we come before you now to hear from your scriptures uh, and may Lord our ears and our hearts be open to hear from you I pray. Amen. This week I've been putting together the ceremony for Stephen Eve's wedding and uh, it got me thinking about all the different ways in the Bible that people found wives and husbands and I came up with 15 examples just for anyone that might be interested. Um, number one is find an attractive prisoner of war, uh, bring her home, shave her head, trim her nails and give her new clothes. Then she's yours, according to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 11 to 13. Uh, number two, don't worry, just have your parents or your family servant choose one, Genesis 24. Uh, number three, find a man with seven daughters and impress him by watering his flock. That was Moses in Exodus. Uh, purchase a piece of property, number four. Purchase a piece of property and get a woman as part of the deal. That's Boaz and Ruth. Number five, uh, go to a party and hide. When the women come out to dance, grab one and carry her off to be your wife. Uh, that's how the Benjamite, Benjaminites did it in Judges. Uh, number six, have God create a wife for you while you're asleep. Note, this will cost you a rib. Of course, that was Adam in Genesis. Uh, number seven, agree to work seven years in exchange for a woman's hand in marriage. Get tricked into marrying the wrong woman. Then work another seven years for the woman you wanted to marry in the first place. That's right. 14 years of toil for the woman you wanted. But at least it's still only one mother-in-law. Of course, that is Jacob. And number eight, cut off 200 foreskins off your future father-in-law's enemies and get his daughter for a wife. That was David. Uh, number nine, even if no one is out there, uh, just wander around a bit and you'll definitely find someone. It's all relative, of course. That's uh, apparently Cain. Uh, number 10, uh, become the emperor of a huge nation and hold a beauty contest. That was, of course, Xerxes of, of Ahasuerus uh, in Esther chapter 2. Uh, number 11, when you see someone you like, uh, go home and tell your parents, I have seen this woman, now go get her for me. 
If your parents question your decision, simply say, get her for me, she's the one for me. Uh, that was, of course, Samson in Judges. Um, number 12, kill any husband and take his wife. Uh, prepare to lose your son, though. That was David, uh, 2 Samuel 11. Number 13, uh, wait for your brother to die. Take his widow. It's not just a good idea, it's the law. Uh, and it is actually the law. Uh, and uh, that's uh, Onan and Boaz. And you can find that record in the, the law of, of, in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. And number 14, uh, don't be so picky. Uh, make up for quality with quantity. Uh, that's Solomon, uh, 1 Kings 11. And uh, 15, a wife? No. That's Paul, 1 Corinthians. Uh, for those out there still looking for a wife, uh, why not try one of those? I guess it might work for some. Um, or you could be like Isaac, uh, who had to settle with number two. And uh, don't worry, uh, just have your parents or family servant choose one. Genesis 24. Yes, today we are looking at the faith of Isaac. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to pray for Steve and Eve as, as they embark on their journey of marriage together. I want us to dedicate ourselves as their church family to uphold and support them, to care for them and to love them, to nurture them and to encourage them. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you seeking your blessing on the upcoming wedding of Eve and Steve. Lord, we ask that you anoint this union in marriage. We ask that you bless them in their relationship and that their marriage would bring glory to you and would bring them happiness. Lord, as their church family, we vow to uphold and support them in their marriage, to care for them and to love them, to nurture them and to encourage them. May you bless this final week of preparation and bless their marriage, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, the ceremony for those interested uh, will be live streamed on the church Facebook page. So if you'd like to tune in, just go to facebook.com slash Baptist uh, to find it there. Um, and even if you're not on Facebook, you can still actually go to that web address and watch the ceremony there. Um, the service will be starting at 1 p.m. this Saturday. But today's message is on Isaac. Uh, he is the next example given to us of faith in Hebrews 11. Now, not much of is really told to us of Isaac's upbringing. Uh, we do have the account of his halted sacrifice in Genesis 22, where Isaac showed great obedience to his father Abraham. And in Genesis 23, we read that Isaac's mum Sarah died at age 127. Uh, in Genesis 24, we see the story of uh, unfold of, of Abraham uh, sending his servant to get a wife for Isaac from his own family and people. We read there of the journey of faith um, and the journey and the faith of Abraham's servant to not only obey Abraham, but to actively seek the Lord's guidance in the choosing of Isaac's wife and to bring her back. And so we're going to read um, a small account of this in Genesis chapter 24, verses 62 to 67. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahiroi, for he was living in the Negev. He went out to the field one evening to meditate, and as he looked up, he saw camels approaching. Rebekah also looked up and saw Isaac 
She got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man in the field coming to meet us? He is my master, the servant answered. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac all he had done. Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah, and he married Rebekah. So she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Healthy spiritual habits are essential in the life of faith. Here we read of Isaac going into a field and meditating, entering into the presence of God, hearing from him, praying to him, spending time with God. Now, who do you think would have taught Isaac how to meditate? Who do you think would have modelled a righteous life? Who do you think would have, have trained Isaac, taught him and encouraged him in the ways of the Lord? His dad, Abraham. You know, parents can have the most profound influence on their children. Children are always learning from their parents all the time. They never really stop. Their eyes are always open and they're always watching. Uh, yes, Always. Uh, they are watching to learn from, from you as, as their parent. And we read of the fruit of a father training his son to live a life pleasing to God, to live a life which gives glory to God. And not only was this modeled by Isaac, but by the whole household, Abraham's servants as well. You know, and even if our kids have left home, like many of us, uh, many of you watching, your kids have already left home, um, or even if we're not parents, there are always people observing us. No one is exempt from being an example to others, whether we like it or not. Uh, so I guess the question is, are you instilling healthy spiritual habits in your life? To be reproduced in others. Are we developing healthy spiritual habits in our lives? See, our actions are a testimony to our faith. So what sort of testimony are you to other people? I like this quote. I'm not totally useless. I can always be used as a bad example. Uh, hopefully that won't be true of any of us though. So, so Isaac is married. And throughout this whole time, the Lord has been blessing Abraham's family. And Isaac, of course, was heir to all that was Abraham's. The next event recorded in Isaac's life is the death of his father Abraham in Genesis chapter 25. And also in Genesis 25, we read that Isaac's Isaac fathers Jacob and Esau. And so we're going to read this, um, Genesis chapter 25 Verses 19 to 21. This is the account of Abraham's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean from Padan Aram, and sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she's barren. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebekah became pregnant. I find it really interesting to note that uh, so much of Abraham's life was instilled in his son. And there are so many ways that Isaac's life parallels that of his father's. 
To me, it's no accident that Isaac's wife was also barren. The Lord God reminded Isaac of the covenant he had made with Abraham and that Isaac was also a part of that covenant and that through him a great nation would be established. So Abraham had to wait until it was 100 before his prayer was answered for children. Abraham's faith had to not only be tested but proved. Isaac also had to endure faith's testing. He was 60 years old before his wife gave birth. And I also think it's strange on a side note that when Isaac went to stay in the kingdom of Abimelech, that he too also passed off his wife as his sister for fear of what may have been. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, if you know Abraham's story as well. See, Isaac had seen the example of faith of his father, putting faith into, into action. He had also been a witness to the blessings and been a beneficiary of the blessings from God for remaining faithful. And my first point today is that true faith must always have to do with things to come, with things not yet revealed to sight. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 20. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Isaac saw the future and blessed his sons according to that future. You know, remember the description from the writer of Hebrews uh, that, that he gives us of faith in verse 1? Now faith, Hebrews 11 chapter 1, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Weymouth translates it this way, Faith is a confident assurance of that for which we hope, a conviction of the reality of things we do not see. Faith operates in the realm of the unseen, which means that the man or woman of faith is of necessity a man or woman of vision. Not necessarily a visionary, but someone who sees the invisible. What characterizes the world is this. Seeing is believing. But a Christian says, believing is seeing. It's pretty hard for someone who isn't a Christian to believe what the Bible says about what is to come. Because for a non-Christian, that, that is just too far-fetched. You know, sometimes it's even hard for Christians to get it. But as Christians, people who walk by faith, we accept what God has revealed. That's the vision of faith. I was challenged by a friend this week about how our view of end times actually impacts how we live today, particularly how we view what our circumstances are happening here. And if your view um, is uh, of the, 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 that we are in the millennial reign of Christ now, then you'll be very concerned. Um, but if your view is that the rapture has yet to occur, Christ is yet to return, and that that is a, a great hope that we look forward to, and at that moment we will be lifted to um, meet Christ in the air, and we will be set apart from all the de death and destruction that is to occur that that, that Genesis talks, um, that Revelation talks about. If that's your view, that that. You know, if I die, I go with, be with Jesus. Um, if Christ returns, I get to be with Jesus. I will miss 
all of the wrath and the destruction that is going to befall the world. If that's your view, then you still have this amazing great hope that we have. And, and you know, you can find that in 1 Thessalonians. It gives us great um, understanding of that. Um, and so I guess our theology actually on the end times is actually really important because it impacts how we view our world today. God has given us insight into the future through the scriptures. But for non-Christians, that's just too far-fetched. But for Christians, that's what God has revealed to us. And it's by faith that we accept that that is what is to come. See, Isaac himself, however, was not one of the most successful heroes of faith when you look at the list in Hebrews 11. But the key thing with Isaac, and my second point is, that it is the presence and operation of faith in a life which makes that life pleasing to the Lord. Having faith and putting it in action. See, with faith, it is possible to please God. Get that? With faith, it is possible to please God. And we can read of Isaac's failures, but despite being duped as an old man, despite passing his wife off as his sister, he believed God. Failure never glorifies God, but faith can still be operative in the midst of failure. And the perfect worth of faith, and the perfect work of faith, is to overcome failures and breakdowns. Point three is that faith may be submissive rather than creative in its working. See, Isaac's faith never really initiated anything. It was not creative or inventive or adventurous. Isaac certainly displayed great faith, but Isaac's faith was the faith of submission and it was Abraham's faith which took the initiative. Isaac in his faith followed through on the initiatives of his father. Having a submissive faith is not a bad thing. I mean, look at the way that God both used and blessed Isaac's faith. You may be an Isaac, incredibly gifted in in coming into a ministry and faithfully committing and seeing that as a long-term prospect prosper, you know, see a long term, um, uh, see that ministry prosper over a long term. But you may not have been called to start something new, to break new ground. But God uses it all. Faith in action is the key through it all. When I look at the example of faith given in Isaac, I see the common man. I see the ordinary, the regular, faithful example of someone living a life in honour of God. See, Isaac never did anything spectacular. And none of us might either. But he did invest into his kids. He led them. He taught them. He gave them example of faith that they could follow. Faith may be submissive rather than creative in its working. Sometimes faith is just normal and ordinary, and that's okay. Point four is that when faith is real, it will be tested at every turning point on life's journey. Faith was kindled in the heart of Isaac when he was quite young. But at each crisis of his life, a fresh test of faith came. 
We looked at this point in detail last week, so if you missed it, you can find that video on our Facebook page or my YouTube channel. We looked at the measure of faith's testing, the manner of faith's testing, and the means of faith's testing. If we are Christians, our faith will be tested. My fifth point is that faith sometimes shines out more clearly in times of defeat than in times of victory. This sounds paradoxical, contradictory, like an oxymoron, but it is nevertheless true. Isaac's faith must have nearly failed when he blessed his sons, but he believed that God had overruled in the matter. And he quickly accepted the situation. See what he says in Genesis chapter 27, verse 33. Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him. And indeed, he will be blessed. Isaac was able to accept God's sovereignty in the situation. God does sometimes let us falter and fail in order that we may accept his verdict concerning our weakness and his power. Faith can shine out brightly in the midst of what we consider to be failure. Listen to this cry from Jonah in the midst of his failure. His faith was what shone out. Jonah chapter 2 verses 1 to 10. From inside the fish... Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You held me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swelled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me, seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. What amazing faith. At the depths of his defeat, faith in God brought victory, not for Jonah, but for the purposes of the Lord. Faith is often needed even more in defeat, and God uses our defeat to show us that our faith is not misplaced in him. He is glorified in our weakness because it is him who is strong. My sixth point is that faith accepts every situation permitted by God as his way of accomplishing his purpose. Genesis 27 records what some may consider trickery and and deceit. 
Esau is tricked out of his birthright by his younger brother Jacob and uses deception to also get his brother's blessing from Isaac. To the uninformed reader, it would seem not just unfair but wrong for this to happen, to use deception for personal gain. I mean, Paul tells us in Titus not to pursue dishonest gain, yet here that is part of how the nation of Israel was established. And to our logic, Esau was the man. But to God's desire and design, it was Jacob. Sometimes our best logic, our best reasoning, our best thoughts, our desired outcomes are not God's. Faith accepts every situation permitted by God as his way of accomplishing his purpose. So next time things don't necessarily go to your plans, have faith that they have gone according to God's plans. And if there's one thing I learned from Isaac, it's pretty much that life is life. Stuff happens. Things go wrong. We get duped. But where faith comes into play is trusting and believing that God's plan will come to fruition, that he is in control and there is nothing to worry about when our faith is in the creator of the universe. That's true vision of faith, setting our eyes upon our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ and trusting in him. And what better time to be reminded of this truth than right now? So let's continue to live lives of active faith, trusting and believing that God's plan will come to fruition and that he is in control and there is nothing to worry about. That is the reality. We have nothing to worry about. God is in control. Our response is to be faithful, to be people of faith, setting our eyes upon the Lord our Saviour and trusting in Him. Let's sing. How great the chasm that lay between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ my living hope Who could imagine so great a mercy What heart could Such boundless grace The God of ages Stepped down from glory To where my sin 
Thank you for joining with us today on this great day that we've had for church. I trust that uh, this morning's message has been a blessing to you. And I really trust that you'll also be uh, a blessing to Steve and Eve as we come around and support them in their marriage on Saturday. Uh, There is a lot going on still um, all around the church. I encourage you. Get along to a prayer meeting if you can. Come before the Lord with uh, you know, 10 other people and, and come and, and pray together. Um, seek God's heart. Reflect God's heart. And, uh, and, and pray uh, for our nation. Pray for our region. Pray for our state. Pray for our leaders. Um, and pray for each other. 
so get along to a prayer meeting this week and uh, really look forward to when we can actually join together all together again on a Sunday. Hopefully that's going to be June or July. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, but blessings to everyone and uh, I'll really look forward to seeing you again at church next week.